Welcome to Oklahoma Music Legends. I'm your host, Tommy Henshaw. You know, back in the early Tulsa Sound formative years, there were three guitar players that stood out. Tommy Crook, Johnny, J.J. Kale, and Leo Feathers. Leo Feathers would later be known as the Axeman. Hey, stand by for his story. Richard Leo Feathers, the youngest of six children, was born to parents Grant and Eva Feathers on December the 11th, 1941. Leo, as he preferred to be called, grew up in a rodeo family in Stillwell, Oklahoma. While Leo enjoyed and would remain active in rodeo throughout most of his life, he also had a strong musical calling, teaching himself to play the guitar, and it was apparent at an early age that he had a special talent for the instrument. The family left Stillwell and relocated located just south of the Tulsa in the Bixby, Oklahoma area where Leo attended school. Dale Shipman of the Shipman Brothers Band, in an article he wrote for Oklahoma Guide to 45 RPM Records and Bands, said, One day his brother Ray met this new kid at Bixby Schools who was from Stillwell. Finding out he was a guitar player, we asked him to join our band. The kid was only 15 at the time, but we quickly found out that he was pretty hot on the guitar. His name was Leo Feathers a young Cherokee Indian lad who was tough as a boot, full of energy, and loved music and rodeos. And he was unbelievable on the guitar. He had initially taught himself how to play the style of the most popular guitarist of the day, Chet Atkins. But then he added the new styles of Chuck Berry, Dwayne Eddy, and particularly James Burton, who at the time played guitar for Ricky Nelson. Now here's a James Burton footnote. Burton, from Dubberly, Louisiana, would later become the professional guitar teacher to Tulsa's Leon Russell and become the guitar player and leader of the TCB band for Elvis Presley. The Shipman Brothers band, who initially called themselves the Bigsby Rockers and later would call themselves the Thunderbolts, entered several of the Tulsa area Battle of the Bands contests, which were very popular at the time and a great way for your band to become recognized and acquire a following. It was in these contests the band, and mostly Leo Feathers, where would be seen and become acquainted with Tulsa musicians and the forefathers of the Tulsa Sound. David Gates, Johnny Kale, also known as J.J. Kale, Russell Bridges, you know, Leon Russell, Gene Kroos, Tommy Crook, and Johnny Williams. The Thunderbolts were in direct competition to other better-known bands in the area. While they didn't win against this competition, radio station Tower of Power at the time, for us young people, KAKC in Tulsa billed them as the surprise band of the year in 1958. During that era, the three best guitar players in Tulsa were Tommy Crook, Johnny Kale, and Leo Feathers, each taking their turn being voted the best guitar player in Tulsa. Leo recalled in an article by John Woolley in the Tulsa World newspaper one night on stage with Gene Kroos, a kid sporting sideburns and horn-rimmed glasses came up to me and said, I really like the way you play guitar. Would you like to be in a band with me? Leo recalled with a grin. I said, well, who are you? It turned out to be a young keyboardist, Russell Bridges, who would later become Leon Russell. Leo said in the article he wasn't thinking about fame when he went over to Russell's house, as has been the case throughout his life. It was about the music. He remembered, we kicked off, started jamming Chuck Berry, blues, blues shuffles, and said he 
he'd never been so turned on by music in his life. They immediately started putting a band together, which would be known as the Starlighters. Legendary drummer Chuck Blackwell was the next to sign up for the band. Then singers Jack Dunham and sometimes Jimmy Markham would join in to sing. Legendary saxophonist Johnny Williams would complete the Starlighters sound. When Leo turned 16, he decided to leave the band for a couple of months to take a job working at a laundromat in Bartlesville. You know, he had to earn money to pay for a car he had acquired. He was in Bartlesville when Leon called to tell him the Starlighters had a chance for a big job. They had been asked to open for Jerry Lee Lewis at the Canes Ballroom, saying this could be their big break. Leo came back to Tulsa. The band did great and Jerry Lee really liked how Leo played the guitar, asking him to join him on the road. In fact, he hired the entire band to join his tour. Since his financial troubles had forced him into finding local players to join him in every town that he played. Touring with Jerry Lee came to a halt in Kansas City when Jerry Lee became ill. The young Tulsa music makers had hit a musical crossroad. While Leon and the others headed out for Los Angeles, Leo returned to Bixby to finish high school. After finishing school, Leo opted to move north to Kansas City, where he continued playing music, doing session work, and the occasional rodeo performance. He became acquainted with Nashville musician and producer Fred Carter Jr., who took Leo under his wing and to school on how to become a quality session player. Leo said he really taught me how to play sessions, teaching me how to play rhythm guitar and how not to play everything you know in 2 minutes and 15 seconds. For much of the 70s, Leo was a member of Nashville's A-team of studio players, backing the likes of Bobby Bear, Johnny Rodriguez, doing concerts and joining tours with many other big-name performers of the day. For a time in the 70s, Leo rejoined with Leon Russell on the road, becoming a member of the Leon Russell Band. Leo remembered that back in the early days, bandmates tried to discourage Leon from singing, saying his voice was just too nasally. Leo remained working in Nashville throughout the 80s, soon tiring of the cookie-cutter sessions work later, saying music in Nashville wasn't about the music anymore. It was about the numbers. Leo decided to leave Nashville and to move back to Oklahoma, settling down on an acreage in Mounds, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, which is located a few miles south of Tulsa. Leo would continue playing music locally joining other Tulsa musicians, many who had returned back to Tulsa from the musical merry-go-round they had been on. Leo was one of the founding members of the much-revered Tulsa Sound, saying in a John Woolley interview, the musicians that acquired it didn't all come from the same place, but we all grew up not with hillbilly ears, but with respect for country music. The Tulsa Sound is about understanding big band and jazz, having a feel for it, but with that underpinning of country. He was awarded the Cherokee Medal of Honor in 2000. Later, Leo became stricken with cancer, and on December 1st of 2000, his Tulsa musical family held a benefit and auction to help Leo with his mounting medical bills. It was the who's who in Tulsa music playing and singing to raise money to help Leo, who was loved by all of his fellow Oklahoma music makers. Leo passed away on June 23rd of 2001. The Axeman was Laid to rest in the Beggs, Oklahoma Cemetery. I want to thank John Woolley for his articles that he had written on Leo Feathers. They were a big help in putting this together. You've been listening to Oklahoma Music Legends. Please tell your friends we can be heard on iTunes, Buzzsprout, Stitcher, 
Google Music Play and directly on our website, oklahomamusiclegends.com, just by clicking on the podcast page tab. Look and listen to our Oklahoma Music Legends YouTube channel. Visit our contact page and drop us a line. Be sure to like our Oklahoma Music Legends Facebook page. For Oklahoma Music Legends, I'm Tommy Henshaw. Hey, thanks for listening.